Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about how the blood hook brings you back. <laughs> that one's for you, Brian, who just last week was like, Matt, I need you to sing every time. So I, <laughs> I'm happy to help out. First of all, we got to dive in that Scott picked this. But right out the gate, my first note was, oh, shit, it's trauma. So, <laughs> uh, so Scott, blood hook. What's up with that? <laughs> You're so white. I don't actually know why I wanted to discuss this movie. Um, well, you know, a little wizard behind the curtain. I Well, as some people may have noticed, I like to pick things that are seasonally appropriate. Uh, and this is going to be uh, quite a seasonally appropriate summer, starting with Blood Hook on 5-1. Because we have a lot of water-based horror coming at you. Uh, well, at least... Matt and I have a lot of water-based horror coming at you. Brian is just picking whatever he has on his Netflix queue. <laughs> but I was like, hmm, it's, it's like early spring. or it's late spring. I, I want something that's a little weird. And I just, I, I wanted to get a little blood hook in, uh, in us. Uh, it's, it's such a ridiculous concept that I just couldn't resist. It's not a good movie. Like, it is not a good movie, and I'm not trying to say it is. But the fact of the matter is, is that I've watched it twice within a six-month period time period. So do you want to know a fun fact about this movie that I didn't know when I was watching it? And it 
doesn't really answer any questions that I have about it, but it's just kind of interesting. The director of this movie and the director of photography, I want to say, of this movie never met each other until they were both hired for this film, right? <laughs> and they became the creators of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, I read that too. So weird. Like they just kind of like hit it off and then like introduced each other to two of their like improv friends. And they were like, they became the voices of Gypsy and Tom Servo on the show as well. Uh, so they created the show and then also did the voices of some of the robots. But I was like, that's insane that they met on this movie. <laughs> like, you know, it's so funny how trauma just brings people together to be more famous than trauma. Yeah, it's like a curse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Trey Parker, Matt Stone, James, James Gunn. Gunn, and the guys that started Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the list goes on. I like how you said that in descending order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that it's an accident. Like, I think he saw something in James Gunn, and he saw something in Trey and Matt, and he saw something in these people and was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Like, Blood Hook is not a movie where you watch it and go like, oh, these guys are going to be superstars. But it definitely has a sense of identity. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely not trying to be like anybody else's movie. <laughs> no, it's really not. No, I mean, I, I really like the concept and how goofy it is. Because it knows what it's making. Yeah, I. but I said this to you guys in our in our text chat. Like, the problem with this movie is that the, the entire conceit is a giant murderous hook killing each one of these characters. And it turns out that there's, like, only so many ways to make that interesting. <laughs> like, well, the, the, the funny part about it is is that they are like, let's give someone a giant fish hook to murder people with. But let's also make them a terrible caster. Like, the, <laughs> the, the, the actual murderer is awful at his job. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the beginning. The beginning is so funny because you've got this bluesy, like, Billie Holiday-esque song. Oh, about yeah. Fishing. If you wanted to know why I picked this, add this to the list of movies I've picked that starts with, like, 50 songs. <laughs> yeah, like, it starts with this 50 song, and then it's just, like, this grandfather teaching his son, his grandson about fishing, and there's this top... I, I wrote down top-notch facial acting. He just grabs his face. Yeah, well, he, like, makes this look of, like, oh, no. And then, like, the grandson makes, like, a, oh, grandpa-type face. And then, all of a sudden, the, the grandpa's holding his face, and you can't see what's going on. And then it's a wide shot where he just gets pulled into the water. <laughs> I, I love the fact that every single person that jumps into the water, falls into the water in this movie, does so looking like a fucking G.I. Joe getting thrown in a bathtub. Yeah. You know, like the legs are, I don't know. We got to talk about the old lady that's just spinning randomly <laughs> on the top. We'll get there. We have a very oh. important discussion topic be right before she gets offed lead us lead us to it <laughs> oh okay so so the whole thing is is that the 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 grandfather gets pulled into the water and then it fast forwards 17 years later and that boy is now a man uh he's probably like what 22 23 at this point yeah it and, looks like they're like fresh out of college this could be like a post-college trip yeah or it's spring break i think of this movie as kind of like a spring break movie personally but i i, I it doesn't really matter that's why i picked it though is because it felt like a spring break end of college type in any case the youper accent i mean it's like wisconsinite i guess but th this is like the weirdest american accent in my opinion it sounds almost like russian but it also sounds like they might just be drunk 
uh, and the the working title was Musky Madness. <laughs> <laughs> you are introduced to the that group of the the college age, you know, like the twenty somethings, who are the the prime victims, I guess. But then you also get the secondary set of victims with this guy who hates his wife, and yeah, ha- they're in like a Winnebago, and they're coming up to fish. And they meet um, Ludker. Is that what the name of the guy is? Um, who runs the bait shop? And the kid he, he goes he goes about telling the the little boy about a stud finder, and it is the most absurd conversation because the kid's like, "Wow, that's so cool! How much for it?" And I mean, I guess kids are fucking stupid sometimes like that. But a stud finder, and then he's just like, "No, you can have it." And then the guy is trying to buy bait and he's like can you break 100 and luke is like it's on the house <laughs> which is so weird because then he murders everybody spoiler alert it's the bait shop guy correct me if i'm wrong i feel like the implication in this movie is that the cicadas drive someone crazy or something like that. yeah yeah it's it's that's why it says 17 years later because 17 yeah. years cicadas so they're going nuts in the forest and that mixed with the sound of music not the movie but um but music <laughs> blended with those cicadas makes the metal plate in ludker's head vibrate vibrations man um <laughs> dude yeah best character that the guy drunk conspiracy theorist is yeah. my favorite guy but he looks world. nothing like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> no he looks like someone that thinks everyone that isn't Republican is a communist. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Which sometimes are conspiracy theories. I, I was about to say, like, I, <laughs> I don't think that you're in, in contact with enough conservatives nowadays because <laughs> let me tell you, boy. So we we meet that second group of people in the Winnebago, and then the first group of the 20-somethings get to musky madness, musky heaven, rather, and they meet the musky maniac. I love how everything's a, a, a fucking alliteration in this movie. <laughs> and the guy's like really upset that Finner, who's the guy who's a master caster, uh, I, I went there. He has that tassel on the back of his fishing pole and he goes, change is one thing I don't tolerate. You better remember that. And I just was like, man, this movie came out in 1981, but boomers have been the same since 1981. Man. <laughs> And then we have another line right immediately following that. That's Ronnie. You can't go around messing with other people's wood. They got rules up here. Which uh, Ronnie is the the new wave kid who's got like the the earring. And Peter, I want to say, is the guy whose house or the family owns that house. And he is the most cardboard cutout actor in a movie full of cardboard cutout actors. There's so he's so bad, and he's like the main character, and he's supposed to save the day and shit. It's it's wild he doesn't know the movie he's in everybody else does there's a bunch of early on in the movie the characters all show up and they're like getting registered for this uh musky madness musky madness and there's the one girl bev beverly bev and she is just sexual windows and flirtatious but like unintentionally and i have the one line where she just goes nice pole i like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that's finner's pole she eventually rides his other pole <laughs> because her um beer for brains husband isn't around bev is a very very problematic character in this movie she is so hot to trot she's banging everybody including this conspiracy theorist and 
she's leaving her kid in like a a, a a pack and play or whatever outside while she runs like half a dozen miles quote unquote um and then and and where's the kid when she's banging all these dudes like i just she is a bad mom and also where's where's her kid when she's working at musky madness for 20 bucks a day or whatever it is there's a lot of questions and not a lot of answers yeah raised by old bev but the part that you wanted to the part that i was getting us to and the part that you wanted to talk about was winnebago mom uh who they're sitting at the table and oh my god she goes there were so many loons today where do they all come from woohoo <laughs> and then she's like, oh, we need to go watch Gold on Golden Pond again. I love Peter Fonda. And, and the kid goes, Henry Fonda, mom, you got the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. And she's just like, oh, hoo-hoo, and then she goes outside to to like look for loons. And then I don't know why, but the cicadas come in and then Ludker is so pissed off that he wraps the fishing line around her head and and she's his first first modern victim. So can I tell you what I thought this movie was going to be about by the way? Yeah, please go ahead. So when I was a kid, there was a famous video game, PC game called Deer Hunter. Mhm. But then there was another game called Deer Avenger. My favorite game. Yeah, you were a deer walking around with a gun, hunting what? hunters. And I what was genuinely that for what was the what uh, was it was the a, it was a PC okay. it was a PC game, but I genuinely thought that this movie was going to be about fish, fishing <laughs> humans. You know that would be a sweet idea for a movie, um, but sadly, no. This is just about a crazed bait and tackle guy. Just found myself watching it and just being like, "How are the." the fish casting these hooks out of the water. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand this movie the whole time. <laughs> I actually only joined this episode so I could figure out what I just watched. <laughs> well, uh, to to be fair and to your you, both of you guys credit, it took me till the second time to realize the 17 years later thing and the cicadas because it's kind of like a throwaway line that Peter makes when he and the old guy who is like the the red herring throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is ironic to call him a red herring. Um, I didn't even write that down as a note. I, w- I should have. Yeah, he's talking to him and he goes, it has to be the vibrations of the cicadas. That guy's really weird too. I, Man, so the Winnebago dude is reversing the, the Winnebago t- and almost hits the old guy in his boat. And the old guy's like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. And he goes, ah, stuff it, Mr. Green Jeans. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> the best way to, to make fun of somebody is like to make fun of what they're wearing. You know, like you go down this the street and somebody's wearing like ass wash jeans and they and they trip. And you're like, good job, Canadian idiot. I don't know, like something like that. It's just like, I'm not good at that off the cuff stuff. But to be like, ah, oh, stuff it, Mr. Green Jeans. So funny. Nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing about this is that Peter's girlfriend, the one who's like psychoanalyzing everything all the time, she never takes off her ch- crazy giant these earrings that look like um lightning bolts. She's wearing them to bed, she's wearing them out on the lake. She's never takes them off. It's very strange. And she, my favorite part of this movie absolutely favorite part of this movie and the reason why I knew that we had to talk about it is when when Anne 
is his girlfriend's name she is trying to meditate on the docks and kirsten the ditzy girl is won't shut the fuck up kirsten goes she has some of the greatest lines she goes there's nothing there's like nothing happening on this lake and Anne is like trying to meditate and she's like why is peter even out here fishing is rude and then uh Anne tries to explain things and and the end of her little soliloquy is casting is a symbol of Peter's trying to fathom the very deep waters of his trauma. And then Kirsten gives her the sting face and goes, I thought he was trying to catch a fish. <laughs> that actually made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, this movie is really, really funny. It's fucking stupid, but it's really funny. So the part, one of the parts that made me laugh out loud, and I, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but their friend Pete gets murdered, right? He gets the hook in the gut and, and he goes, he disappears and they're talking to the cop and the one female friend is like crying and yelling. That's Kirsten. At the, yeah, yeah, Kirsten's crying, yelling at the cop and it is complete gibberish. Like there's not <laughs> an intelligible word that comes out and there's one point where she just runs away and I swear to God, the noise she makes is she just goes, yeah yeah which reminds me of 40 year old virgin when um cat denning is screaming and crying in the 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 bathroom and <laughs> and uh steve carell goes she sounds like a tea kettle <laughs> yeah. that part made me laugh really hard and then this is the this is the strangest note i've ever written down and i feel weird that i wrote this down but there's the scene that I wrote down as the old sit-up seduction. Oh, um, yeah. So the the two characters are sitting there and they're they're just doing sit-ups. But they kiss. And I, I wrote down that it's the most realistic kiss I've ever seen captured <laughs> on film. Because it, it, it's like, it's not like it leads to like some porno makeout. And it's not like it's two people who like are very awkwardly being forced to kiss for a movie. And it doesn't look like a stage kiss. Like it just looks like the same kiss you would see at like any wedding. Like, it's just like, Brian's taking notes. Like, okay, yeah. this is how I have to do it when I get married. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Cause I was like, Oh man, we're going to get to some awkward sex scene. But then it's just like, they kiss for like 10 seconds. And then there's like that little extra peck at the end to be like, and we're done. <laughs> I did actually, it's, it's the little peck at the end. It feels like the way that I kiss my wife, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, a, and it's, it's weird right like it's like are they just actual people who were dating while they were making the movie and they're like just kiss a little yeah I, that <laughs> must be it I, I feel like you have unearthed the secret of blood hook and the secret of the ooze i think that bev unleashed this unleashed the secret of the ooze later on <laughs> you know what's so <laughs> you know what's so funny is that this movie had no budget for like nude scenes because Anne takes off her top and you get some very tasteful side boob but it's for like literally two seconds and then they she like lays on top of peter and then that's it i want to talk about the last like the last 15 minutes i want to talk about are you going to talk about the fact that he's keeping everybody uh everybody's body underneath his dock like so Luka? yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say i love for a movie that has very little budget and supposedly had to really fight for an R rating, which is weird to me. You get that scene where he hooks a character. Oh, that's a great effect. But then, yeah, he actually like physically puts a hook in their jaw and he's putting the rope through their mouth. And I'm like, okay, this is what I was hoping for for the last hour. Like some really gross, gnarly shit like that. And then he starts pulling on the tugging on the rope 
and you see just this like train of corpses <laughs> that are all just like and they're not like the best like let's be honest they're like they don't a look funny, good, but it, yeah yeah but it, it's an it's a good effect and i like i like the overall like look of everything that part i was like okay now i'm in now i'm in like <laughs> and then i hit the like how much time is left i'm like all right 10 minutes left so it took him a while to get me hooked but i'm in <laughs> Well, and you're, the, the weird thing is that they kind of half-ass try to get everybody be uh, a red herring instead of Ludker. Um, because it's like the one guy is mad about um, losing his his lead-filled um, fish. Uh, then there's the old guy who's like, you know, oh, he's he's got to be the red herring because he got all mad at Ronnie. And then they got... I don't know, like everybody, uh, but, and Finner is like, Oh, Finner just needs a girlfriend. Um, and then he sees, he sees, uh, Evelyn and, um, Bev having sex. And then you're like, okay, it must be him. And then it's like, no, no, all these people are getting knocked off by the real killer. It's just so funny. Like they, I don't know what the thought process for that was. <laughs> but yeah, then we get to the big final standoff, which I wrote down as the fishing hook to the face standoff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. One guy gets it in the neck and the other guy gets it in the chest, which is so dumb. Like, fucking... Oh, b before before that, Finner gets killed, the yeah. the, the master caster. And Ronnie calls him Finfuck at one point, and I thought that that was the funniest fucking nickname. Um, but he, he gets hooked in the ear by Ludker, and... And he's so drunk that he like acts. He like is shocked and he pulls off his own ear. And then he jumps into the water again like a fucking GI Joe toy. And then Ludker gets him and turns him into human chum. And so he's like turning all of the people into human chum. And then Peter finds out because he's with the guy. And you know, like when you find a bucket of human chum that is absolutely going to seal the case on who's the murderer in the town. What are you gonna do? You put your fucking hands on it, like he just yeah. takes it out of the 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 fridge. I don't understand. But then the, you you're missing before the final battle. They have you you have like a montage of the old man teaching Peter Van Cleese to cast, and he's like, "Not yet. Don't call me Van Cleese yet. I've got to fight for it." And then he has the one on one with with the actual <laughs> killer. Learning the perfect cast, something that we also learned on our Patreon episode on a Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you just ruined your double feature. <laughs> no, I've got one. I've got one, but. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Since you mentioned it, let's dive into our double features. Water pun. What is your double feature for Bloodhook? This is weird, but I was kind of getting a, a the burning vibe. I don't know why. The Burning isn't a movie that I watch very often. I think I've only seen it twice. And we've discussed doing it on the show and decided not to many times because Matt always talks me down saying it's a pretty slow movie. It's a slow movie with a great sequence. It's my thing. Yeah, one great sequence. Yeah. So, Brian, what was your double feature with Blood Hook? I'm going to do Piranha 3D. Man. That's water. <laughs> so, this movie I didn't even realize I owned because it came on a box set from Troma of some of their like really low budget uh, acquisition movies. And the reason that I bought that box set was for a different Troma movie that is also really, really dumb, but I kind of love called Blades. And the concept of Blades is that it is all intents and purposes, a shot for shot remake of Jaws. The only difference is that it doesn't take place at a beach. It takes place at a golf resort. And instead of a killer shark, it's a killer lawnmower. What? <laughs> um, but otherwise, it hits all of the plot points of Charles. <laughs> that so, sounds incredible. I got to yeah, watch it. I actually it, do want to watch it. It's very mediocre, uh, but I was uh, in obsessed with the concept. And when I was like, ooh, I can get that in two other trauma movies in this one box set. Sure. Why not? It's only eight dollars. So I grabbed it and then never watched the other two movies that were on it until just now. What is something that you watch that you want to talk about? Wow, putting me on the spot, man. Shining the spotlight on you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it took how many years? Damn. Uh, almost 250 episodes, but we're there now. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. No going back. No takesy backsies. Um, we watched Britney Runs a Marathon. How was that? Because I've seen that advertised a lot in my life. It was quite good, actually. I was surprisingly um, entertained. I mean, it's not really my kind of movie. And there are some parts in it that are like cringy on purpose. And that always bugs the piss out of me. But um, aside from that, it was really, really fun time. And then I also watched Animal from 2014. And I only watched it because it was... Our dude Brett Simmons. I think it's his directorial debut. Um, but it's 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 a Brett movie, and um, love him. And if you haven't watched, uh, if if listeners have not watched, you may you might be the killer. Do so immediately because it's a very very fun movie. Uh, Brett's awesome and a really sweet dude. Animal is not a great script, but it's actually super competently filmed, and the monster looks amazing. It just looks really nice. You know, Brian, how about you? What's something that you watch you want to promote real quick? Uh, the only other thing I watched was Knives Out. It was good. That's it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, I were you surprised by the the twist that happens halfway through the movie? Yeah, and honestly, here's the thing. I feel like at the beginning of it, it was a it was a great movie, and then the twist happened, and it wasn't a great movie. And then the ending happened, and it went back to being a great movie. I, thought, I mean, I liked it the whole way through, but I thought that the twist, the reason why I like Ryan Johnson is the reason why so many people hate The Last Jedi is that I feel like he very actively tries to subvert expectations of things. Mm. If you haven't seen Knives Out, skip hit that skip button a couple times. But like in most murder mysteries, the whole thing is figuring out who is the person that ultimately killed somebody. And the idea of revealing that mid-movie and then you're on this path of like, well, I really like this person, so I don't want them to go to jail. Like, mm-hmm. is a cool subversion of the murder mystery. And then obviously there's more twists beyond that. But like, I thought that, that was a really cool kind of change to the pace of a normal murder mystery movie. Yeah, no, I like the idea. And I don't, I, I wasn't like, this sucks. It just, I lost interest. I don't know. Gotcha. I uh, took advantage of being forced to work from home for the foreseeable future and watched the entire uh, available on Netflix anyway series of Shit's Creek, which I absolutely loved. At first, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but around like middle of season two, I found it to be a really charming and fun show. Have either of you watched Shit's Creek? Yeah, I watched it because it's like dad's favorite show. Yeah, he. so what I like about it is that the way I've explained it to someone is it's like Arrested Development if the Bluths, Bluths were redeemable. And like, <laughs> and like that's what I liked it. Because I think that like, it's kind of similar to something that I was talking to Brian about the other day about like the difference. Uh, listening to the Gilmore guys, they were talking about The Office versus Parks and Rec. And he was saying that like, The Office is a show that's comedy is built on pessimism. Whereas the Parks and Rec, it's a comedy that's built around optimism and like how much harder it is to be funny while still being optimistic. Like it's a lot easier to make jokes about how terrible everything is, but like to still be funny while showing that like people can be good at heart is like a really weird dynamic. Um, And I think that that's like the difference between Arrested Development and Schitt's Creek is like the, the thesis of Arrested Development is that these characters are always going to be the same shitty people (laughs) that they, that they've been since season one. Whereas like Schitt's Creek, the first season is so aggravating because it's these shitty people that refuse to accept that like their life is not what they wanted it to be like a life of luxury like they were used to but as the show progresses it stops being about these rich assholes that are stuck in this shitty town and all they want to do is get out of that town but more about how they become part of that town and that town changes them for the better and that they find out that they're happier being poor than they were being rich and like that's such a more interesting show path to follow but also to make every episode as funny as it is while it's being very optimistic and also i mean it loves musical theater so of course i'm gonna uh, the the fifth season is literally just the entire storyline from episode one to the final episode of season five is them trying to put on a local production of cabaret so (laughs) so like stuff like that is just so charming and funny and eugene levy's son is like a comedic genius to me now his character david might be one of my favorite tv show characters of all time now so just i highly recommend schitt's creek and that was bloodhook (laughs) i should make sure to not be the person who does the what did i watch last because it makes the transition to the closing so awkward uh so (laughs) 
if you want to hear us talk about competitive fishing and how stupid it is and how stupid a lot of uh, competitive sports are, then hit up our Patreon at patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. I don't have a lot to say, so that's going to be one of the shorter ones, I assume. But still, tune in every single week here on our feed. Go to our social media pages that are found in the show comments. And we will be back next week with another episode uh, next week, we're going to be talking about something. I know I picked it. I don't know what I picked, though, because my memory is shit. Bye! Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.